Dr. Nick Delgado here with Greg Slavor. Hey, you know what? I think we're kindred spirits. I, I think we go back into some, some place and time in life, right? You know, it's so important that people understand wellness and health. Mm -hmm. And I know you're getting more involved with corporate wellness. Right. You're really uh, a master of assembling education programs. Tell me a little bit about what you do so we can really yeah. put a frame around this. Yeah. So, I mean, to kind of put a little context around it, what yeah. I do is... in me and my team, we design and run custom programs okay. for companies mm -hmm. so that they can have productive, healthy, connected leaders to accomplish what they want to accomplish. Mm -hmm. And in today's world, it's really challenging because there's so many pressures. Right. And even with like the pandemic now, mm -hmm. we're seeing that people are working more mm. than they were even before the pandemic. And so it's wow. even more difficult now for people to balance family health, life, and work. And so what we do is we create custom programs for companies to help their people be at their best and they're at their best for each other so they can accomplish what they need to accomplish. It's interesting because uh, back in around 1980 or so, I was doing some corporate wellness for Aerospace, TRW, and uh, a few other big corporations. And they would have me come in because I had trained with Nathan Pritikin, who was mm -hmm. kind of the original scientist engineer who had created um, what we now call lifestyle medicine, if you will. Mm -hmm. Stress management, exercise, eating whole natural foods. And we would come in and do food demonstration classes, education, and over a course of, uh, we found six weeks was ideal. That we could just really get people to make that transformation. And initially, you know, changing diet is kind of like changing religion. It's, mm -hmm. it's, it's a taboo subject with people because you were raised, you know, uh, school lunch programs, your family, you ate a certain way, maybe depending on your ethnicity, right? So I think that it needs to be approached from a way that everyone from a corporate standpoint and from a family standpoint kind of participates together, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So the concept of team, and I know you're a big fan of right. basketball, right? Right. If, right? if some of the team members aren't quite in the same uh, mm -hmm. plays and running them properly, uh, it's disruptive. And so... And you fall to the lowest denominator, right? Mm -hmm. So you don't want to leave the people on the outskirts that are really struggling. And they really want help, but they just don't want to admit it, right? Mm -hmm. So what do you find when you are making decisions? Now, you told me an interesting story that your, your father kind of financed you because, <laughs> tell me. Look, yeah, sugar put me through college. Um, <laughs> right? My dad was a confectionery broker. Okay. And literally, as a kid, we would love to go to his office. Because behind his office was a huge warehouse mm -hmm. of just cases and cases of candy. Oh, my gosh. And when my dad brought home candy, he didn't bring home a few pieces of candy. <laughs> right. He brought home cases of candy. Oh, my gosh. Like cases of Tootsie Rolls or Jolly Rancher or, right. you know, Mike and Ike's and I right. mean, all, the, all the great stuff. And literally our house was <laughs> two blocks from the grade school and two blocks from the high school. Right. And so everyone came to our house for two reasons. One, we were close. Right. And two, we had two big drawers in the kitchen, always full of cases of candy. Oh, my God. And, the, and it was the constant, like, what's in the candy drawer this week? You know? And yeah. So yeah. Uh, I grew up on sugar. Oh, and yeah. so if you, if you were willing to help me, <laughs> okay. um, because I'm about 40, 50 pounds overweight right okay. now. Okay. And struggle a lot with sugar and mm. sugar addiction. Right. Mm -hmm. And I, I can battle it for a few days. Right. But not forever. And, and, but here's, here's the long term, right? I'd love to be healthier. 
Sure. But I do a lot of custom leadership programs. Right. And I'd love to take things that work. And if it works for me, right? It, it's, just use the words when it works. When it works for me. Okay. Right? right? And when this is a lot thinner and healthier. Right. And what's interesting, I didn't tell you this, but mm. um, December 16th, I just had a cancer surgery. Oh, wow. Okay. And so just went through that mm-hmm. and then had to take a couple months off to recover. So mm-hmm. I've now gained... You know, another additional 10, 15 pounds from that. Oh, wow. And so it, it, this would be a great opportunity for me to get back in. But, like, my big mm-hmm. agenda is yeah. how do I help people find ways to get healthier? Not me. I'll take advantage of it myself. Right, right. But how can I help other people do that and build that into leadership programs? Right. It, and I think it, it's helpful to put into perspective as well a little bit. I, I showed you a picture myself only, and I'll, I'll just show what, what I showed you, this picture mm-hmm. of in my blue shirt there where I'm trying to hold in my stomach and I can't, can't yeah. hold in my stomach cause I'm 50 pounds overweight. And then just literally six months later at the age of uh, uh, 22, I was 21 that. <laughs> when I had my stroke, but I, I lost 50 pounds and I've kept right. it off for 45 years. And this is another mm. picture showing, you know, I'm, I'm in right. phenomenal physical shape for a guy who's, I'll tell you, 67, right? Right. So I know you're in your sixties if I may Correct. comment. Correct. And so when you're looking at, a mentor because see coaches are good because coaches can keep you accountable mm-hmm. i'm a mentor because people want to get to where i'm at right right so i'm going to show you exactly through understanding your best learning style you, you've okay. heard of the love languages well there's mm-hmm. learning styles there's kinesthetic mm-hmm. auditory visual and if mm-hmm. i listen to you for a little while i'll pick up your predicates and i'll get a sense for it. by the way do you like to listen to podcasts do you like to watch videos do you like to read i mean what what is your you preferred know, learning style. Yeah, I I don't mind any of them. Okay, like so, I'll watch videos, I'll read, but I also don't mind listening. If I'm exercising or doing something else or driving, I'll do the audio. Okay, but my preference would be reading. Okay, you know, if I had a choice, okay. if I had time, I'd, I right. would read. Um, and then at night, I'd watch you know videos you know, like YouTube's or whatever. Yeah. yeah, yeah. One of the first books I think I shared with you is How to Look Great and Feel Sexy. And this mm. was circa two, year 2000, 1994, actually, because uh, Tony Robbins asked me to organize buffet style, the foods that mm-hmm. all the 1,000 people would participate in eating, breakfast, lunch, and dinner, and then covering a nine-day period, which I was the master university teacher they'd first meet because mm-hmm. I was doing what's called blood doesn't lie with a live blood mic- microscope and showing them their blood. And they flew in from wherever they were eating hamburgers, hot dogs, pizza, whatever they normally right. ate. Or even maybe they, they'd tell me, so well, I don't normally eat this, but I had this on mm-hmm. the plane. I'm like, oh, really? Is that really what you don't normally eat? Right. You know, because right. blood doesn't lie. And I'm looking at it right there. And I had all these technicians checking and we get in a room and I'd lecture to them. The point was that I wanted to empower them that regardless of where they came to me and your background of a candy salesman, full disclosure, my father was a short distance truck driver. So he would drive over the ridge route and come back in California uh, uh, overnight. And then in the morning, you know, after he'd sleep because he drove all night, he'd go to the bar. He was Mm. what some would call a functional alcoholic. I never saw him. He literally would go right to the bar, right from, you know, from work. And so... I didn't fully get the impact of alcoholism and its ramifications Mm. until another family member was stricken. And then a friend, a very close friend that I was hanging out with was stricken, had a history going longer than I knew. It was like, oh, wow, I didn't know this was going on until when the big shutdown came on and then some worse things happened in their life and 
you know, emotions and self-worth and mm -hmm. talking about taking their life. I mean, some really serious things going on. And I never, I, I, I started studying it very deeply. And I came across a study seeing that in corporate wellness, that Henry Ford in the 1930s implemented drug and alcohol testing. Their wow. production went up 30%. 30% for a corporate after, after implementing. Yes. So now what I do is I get these little breath analyzers. You can buy them for mm -hmm. like 90 bucks or so. And so when a person walks in my house that I'm helping out, I, I test them. I say, here, blow. I don't wait for a urine test and all that. Just blow. Right. Just blow. Go ahead, blow. I want to see where you're at. Right. What are you doing? Right. And see, the one thing I learned at USC, because my undergraduate work was in psychology, and I went on to study with some of the great trainers that Tony Robbins learned from Richard Bandler. Mm -hmm. He he created NLP, Neuro Linguistic right. Programming. Right. And then I studied with um, Tad James, who created Timeline Therapy. Was best friends with Richard Bandler, and so I really learned how to redirect these disempowering emotions mm -hmm. and these inappropriate behaviors. Right. Because I wanted to deal initially with the fact that I had changed my body weight, which was great, mm -hmm. but how would I sustain that for a lifetime? Right. 45 years later, I'm in the peak right. of shape. I follow the seven pillars of health and I have a live-in program well, let me, in Corona, California. Let me California. ask you a quick question. Sure. So what we specialize in is yes. helping people develop the mindset so yeah. they can overcome their fear right. or overcome their anxiety or overcome their challenges in the workplace so they can make better presentations, run better meetings take on the risks they need to take on, et cetera. Right. Do you think those principles that we use there are the same that you would apply with eating and health and diet? Yes. And I'm going to add to that. Uh, Greg, right? Right. I I'm going to say this, that Dr. Frazier at USC said something very profound that came up more recently in studies uh, that's been reconfirmed. Andrew Uberman from Stanford commented about this, and that is that humans are peculiar in a way that you can convince through the mindset that this is something I want to do. I want to stop smoking. I want to mm -hmm. eat healthy. I want to lose weight. I, I, I want to tr stop drinking. The mental thought of doing it is important, but the action is far more important. And I'll tell you I why agree. that was so no, important. No, no, I agree. Right? Yeah. I knew this because I had a group of educators back in the 1978, 80 uh, to 85, and they knew all the content. They flipped through 35 mm -hmm. millimeter slides in those days. It wasn't mm -hmm. Google slides right. or PowerPoint. Right. And they would do this talk that they all learned, and they knew the science about how we should eat and exercise mm -hmm. and everything. And yet following them 10, 20, 30 years later, Almost every one of the guys was very, very overweight. Mm -hmm. I'm like, wow. They knew what they should do, but they didn't stick with it. But the food demonstrators, the, the, the people who prepared the foods at every weekly class, mm -hmm. learned how to use the crock pot, learned how, how to uh, prepare the foods without the oils and the sugars, you know, the sugar, the right. big thing for you, right? right? And went through this process. It just became kind of second nature, and they went home and did it for their family. The family kind of fell into it, too, because that's what their job was. Mm -hmm. And lo and behold, they were the ones that 10, 20, 30, 40 years later were still doing it. Yeah, see, and that's in that, mm -hmm. that key yes. of not just changing a mindset, but the mindset to the point where it leads to action, right. which develops a habit, which I like to say when you develop habits, you start getting dividends. Right, mm -hmm. almost like your right. your four hundred one k. Right, you get you just put the money away. Right, if it's there, you mm -hmm. develop you're getting dividends. Habits are that way because you just don't think about it anymore, but you're getting the dividends still. Correct. The key would be putting together a program mm -hmm. that leads to habits 
so that people can get the dividends and don't have to think about it anymore. Right. Like that's always the goal right. when I'm putting together leadership programs, et cetera. Like what are the habits we can create to make change last for a long time? So right. I'm going to give you four tips. Okay. You, you challenged me right. to help you to accomplish a goal Absolutely. that's been elusive. Right? Exactly. You know what you should be doing, but you haven't done it yet. Correct. Right? And it, it, it's, it's more than an emotional thing because there's that defeat of, oh, God, I, I'm still dealing with this. And, and then each year, if you keep doing what you've been doing, 10 years from now, mm -hmm. where are you going to be, right? Mm -hmm. So here, here's one thing, and I just stumbled on it just because my own concern. When I was trying to make weigh-ins in football, I was one of the biggest kids when I was 12 years old, mm -hmm. so I had to starve myself from 154 pounds down to 115. Oh my God, that's like almost the exact for me. I had to go from 165 to 150. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. In eighth grade, yeah, it's, it's right? the same deal. Yeah. Oh, make I the weigh-ins. I should have gone up to bantam weights, but I, I stayed in Pop Warner because the right. coach loved me from the pre right. prior year. But I got bigger the next year. Right? right. Well, my dad owned a beer bar, and it had a food restaurant part to it too. And one summer of '69. I went through a drinking phase where every day they'd bring home the chip bottles where you were eating candy. Mm -hmm. I was drinking every single day, mm. drunk off my head at 12 years old, right? Oh, wow. So I was either going to become an alcoholic right. like my father yeah, yeah, or something drastic was going to happen. I was smoking cigarettes. Mm. I was drinking 12 years old, right? right? right. And all the buddies were coming home partying and we were wild, crazy stuff, right? Yep. And then just something came over me and it, it was like, just don't want to be like my father. Mm. Now, my other brother ended up continuing in that direction, mm. like the father. But there was a decision, right. like you're talking about mindset. But there was also another turning point. I had starved myself so much to make weigh-ins. I remember they'd have me eat one egg or a little bowl of cottage cheese. That's all I could have for the whole day. Right. And I remember because... The coach said, look, you're not going to make weigh-ins. We need you on this team. So after practice, he'd have me run five miles every night on one Ooh. egg. I remember being in the classroom and crying my, myself to sleep at night because I was in so much pain and right. hunger. Right. And during school, I was like just distracted. Like, God, I can only think about food. I can only think about food. So partway into the season, I don't know if it's a blessing or not. I broke my finger. I'm not giving you flipping it off mm -hmm. but it was it's broke i broke my ribs right. and so the coach said ah you know we can't use you you know for the next couple of games and then the utah state bowl came up and he said we're going to wrap you up we want you to play but i'm going to negotiate with the coach that you can play and you don't have to make weigh-ins i said you can do that he said they have two ringers he told me two linemen that aren't going to make weigh-ins and i'm going to flip you for them and we're going to say no weigh-ins and so they agreed for the state championships, California Bowl right. against the Utah State champs, and who's going to win? Well, I walked in not having to eat. So I went to my dad's bar, ate for a solid two, uh, a week. I went from 115 to 155, 160 within a week. Wow. Right? And I just ate and ate and ate and ate. I couldn't stop. I just kept eating. I was so deprived. Later, I found out I had a cortisol deficiency. When you measure hormones, there's this kind of a weird thing that even when I'd eat a good plate of food, right. I wasn't satisfied because cortisol pushes glucose into the cells. Yeah. I eat a full plate yep. and I'm like, yeah. I'm so hungry. Right. I could eat the whole other plate again. Can, can I confess another thing? Yeah. Right? yeah. I would enter state... Uh, fairs food eating contests because i knew i'd win them mm. there was a pie eating contest there was a tostada eating contest and once i went up to uh 
uh, not Mount Shasta, let's see, it's up above Northern California in Arcadia Hills, and, and we had a hamburger eating contest with the football wow. players. Yeah. Then we went to St. George's in Arcadia, which was a buffet, all you could eat, and guess what happened? Out of all the players, I was up to my 20th full plate of food, mm. and the restaurant said, you're done. I said, no, no, I, I can keep going. I'd already beat everyone. 260-pound right. players, and I had beat them. Wow. But I had ballooned up to 210 pounds at 5'8", because Nick Bonacani, Miami Dolphins, was this mm -hmm. vicious player. And I thought, I'm only 5'8", but if I just you know, stay bulk, bulked up and right. big, I right. got a scholarship to play for UCLA and BYU. Mm. I had a neck injury my senior year, and my career was over. He said, mm. orthopedic said, if you play, I try to play even one more game, you don't. He warned me, you will be paralyzed for life. And I thought I was going to be a pro player, right? Right. So right. here I'm with all this weight. I'm at USC, walking up the stairs out of breath. I'm like, wow, mm -hmm. I've really lost it. Mm -hmm. And then I played in the Turkey Bowl because I was a ringer against the Pasadena Police Department. And I was with the Ralph's Box Boys. They called me yeah. to go against these guys. I was yeah. vicious as hell going over hitting guys' head hits. And at halftime, I'm just sitting there, you know, kind of hanging out. And then out of nowhere, no exertion, nothing, I fell to the ground. I had a stroke. I Ooh. couldn't get up. I was paralyzed. I'm on the ground like this. Like, and I knew how old was. were you at this point? I was only uh, 21. 21. And 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 my blood pressure was high for five consecutive years. The doctors right. had me on blood pressure medications, and they said, "Oh, you must be stressed. Calm down." I'm not stressed. I'm, I'm a kid. Mm -hmm. and, and and it must be you're eating salt. I gave up salt a long time ago. Right. I didn't know what it was. Yeah. And so when I finally found out what it was. I went over and transitioned after meeting Nathan Pritikin and following that kind mm -hmm. of eating. But the beauty of that kind of eating was you could eat as much as you wanted, but you'd have to learn how to do it in sequence. Now, sequence mm. came later, and I learned about that later, but you had to eat these whole foods because you could overeat healthy food. It's true. And these are could. things you can teach me. Oh, yeah. So, rule number one. The time it takes you to make coffee, do you make coffee in the morning and you go yep, buy it or whatever? Yeah, I'll make coffee in the morning. The time you do it, I want you to just simply have a crock pot running, you know, in the house with some mm -hmm. potatoes and, and beans and it sometimes it takes overnight, excuse me, for beans right. and rice and potatoes, mix in some chili or vegetables, whatever you like, put a little garlic, put in some garlic cloves, and the whole house will smell like this wonderful aroma. Right. And you're gonna go, oh, and you're just gonna fill it up in, in like a, a a Pyrex glass container with a lid. Yep. And you you just put it in there with some fresh fruit and some some other things you like. And the rule is whenever you get hungry, you eat a little bit. Or as much, eat. the rule is you should eat like breakfast like a king, lunch like a queen, and dinner mm -hmm. like a pauper. Kind yep, of something along those lines. Yeah. A little bit. Yep. And the window of eating is from 12, uh, from 12 hours, from 8 in the morning to 8 at night. So okay. there's no narrow window. It's it's nice window. But for you to accomplish your goal, if you want to drop the weight a little faster, just right. start off with big vegetable soups first and then transition with big salad even for breakfast and lunch, kind of yeah. weird. And then fruit, as much as you want. And, and people go, oh, wait a minute, fruit's got sugar. Yes, it has polyphenols, blood sugar stabilized. I've measured hundreds, even thousands of people. I know this to be true. So it, bananas work, work as well as anything. Bananas, grapes, watermelon, you name it, mango. Now, I've been told like fruit, berries right? are the best, like raspberries, blueberries. No better than watermelon and mango and all the other things. Okay, all right, right? great. Then if you're still hungry, go ahead and have... Uh, Beans, which have more density, uh, rice, uh, yams, you know, potatoes, but just so rice is okay. Yeah, yeah. At the end of the sequence, because rice is more of a maintenance food. Yeah. 
but it'll break down slowly as complex carbohydrates, fibrous. Even if you occasionally at a restaurant eat a white rice, I'd rather you get brown rice. Mm -hmm. And then after that, you can have nuts and seeds. And if you're still hungry, don't use dairy, but if you're still hungry, have some meat. Preferably fish, scallops, lean right. fish. Chicken? Not no? Better to have fish. Better to have fish. Okay. The problem now, here's the other is, thing. I have a bag of sunflower seeds and pumpkin seeds. Those uh -huh. are good seeds? Yeah. Okay, great. Yeah. But remember, it comes at the end of the sequence of always starting with a big soup, salads, vegetables, fruit, and then the seeds. You can sprinkle the seeds in the salad. So okay. 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 Yeah. Makes sense? I, yeah, it makes you got a lot this? of sense. I got it. I okay. got it. I so got now it. remember, it takes about six weeks. See, I proved you could get dramatic results in nine days in mm -hmm. lipid levels. But it takes six weeks to kind of your taste buds change and you finally, instead of you've convinced yourself, you know, that you should change your diet. You never do, but you've changed your diet because you've got this food right. bag that you're taking with right. you to work. And you have long hours. Most yeah, entrepreneurs yeah, yeah. are not putting in eight hours. Correct. You're into your second shift if you're going to be Correct. successful, right? Yeah, yeah. I'm starting at seven, finishing right. at seven or eight. So yeah. let's say, let's say you're, you guys are going to a restaurant and I'll give you some restaurant tips, which are in this book I'm okay. going to get you outfitted with. Great. And I'll send you the ebook because part of the coaching, it's right now on special, 99 bucks for, for 90 days, and it's money back guaranteed. We're yep. going to see you through once a week, and if you miss the class, you just watch the broadcast. We'll send it to you. Okay, okay. And you, you're going to fill out that questionnaire from thedoctors.com forward slash evaluation. I'll finish. I'll do the, and, then I'll, and then you said something about a 12-minute workout as well. Yeah, 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 the 12-minute okay. workout. That's a little bit more... It's something you almost have to experience. I could tell you how to do it, right? but I just recorded last night the fitness part, right? and, and we're going to show segments of how to do the 12-minute workout, okay. and I'm going to send you a link because uh, this morning, I did a broadcast with one of my training partners. It's a female, okay. and she okay. talks about the workout, Yeah, but you're going to need to see it, but you actually physically have to experience it because it's unlike okay. anything you've ever experienced. It's I won't give it away, but I'm, I'm going to show yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, no, I'm looking videos. forward to it. Okay. I'm looking forward and to so it. And so start it as soon as possible mm -hmm. because everyone has 12 minutes in the day. Right. Right. What's, again, the biggest excuse for not exercising? Time. I yep. don't have enough. I'll time. make the time. Yeah. We'll get the time. We'll get started. 12 minutes, you're in. Now, if, mm -hmm. you're, if you're training with a and It's partner, only once a day, right? Right. Now, okay. now, when you get real super advanced, I have my advanced elite athletes. They might come in for a second training for 12 minutes. But okay. you really have to be in great shape. Have a great yeah. core. And some of the athletes I train second time, right. but they're struggling. Right. Believe okay. it or not. I just took a, a guy named Adam, and he, he went to all the Olympic camps. He, he, had, he was a pro, and I put him through the 12 minutes. He goes, oh, my gosh. This is mm. very intense. Okay. A pro football player, same thing. I can't name him for a lot of reasons. But right. When he went through it, he goes, oh, he goes, I didn't think nothing of it when I saw the workout equipment. It looked like standard stuff, nothing unique, and looked a little bit old and worn anyway, outdoor equipment. Right. And when you put me through it, he goes, oh, man, I was just trying to figure out how am I going to get through this. Got it. Got it. Got it. 100% of the people get through the workout. It's the recovery. And that's where you get to sleep. I'm going to have you play a tape at night. Okay. You're going to listen to it for about the first 10 minutes or so. It's just kind of soothing and relaxing. Then it transitions yep. to music and it goes to a dark now, I normally don't have problems sleeping. Good. So, But you still recommend the tape even if I sleep really well. What time do you get to bed? I'll go to bed somewhere around 10 or 11 and I'll wake up around 6. With an alarm? Mm, usually no. Okay. If you're waking up without, uh, without an alarm, it may not be necessary. Okay. Um I think for people who are in the mindset of improving their diet, their exercise, their sleep, their detoxification, mm -hmm. uh, their supplementation, then there's an, a morning wake-up talk 
that's about an hour and a half. You don't have to listen the whole hour and a half, but you can start and you're into 10 minutes, then you have to jump on to your calls right. or whatever, and then you pick up where you left off. But each day, it takes seven consecutive days to really ingrain the habits of success and health and well-being. Okay. And okay. it'll really input the seven pillars. You'll really get Beautiful. it. Look mm -hmm. forward to it. Yeah. Nick, thank you, man. Thanks for taking me on. Yeah. I really appreciate it. I'm looking forward to seeing the results. And the beauty is it's duplicatable because you have the interest, the mindset, mm -hmm. you have the desire, and now I'm just going to give you the tools. Oh, love it. To love accomplish it. it. Beautiful. Right? All Makes right. Makes sense? Makes sense, man. Let's, Fantastic. Let's do Thank it. You. All right. Thank you. We're so going to follow your journey with your permission. And I, you might zoom in and tell us, you know, where you're at along no, the journey. I'd love to zoom in. I'd love to be accountable. Uh -huh. And I'd, uh, I mean, I'd love to zoom in. I'd love to be accountable. And I'd love for you to follow the journey. That'd be great. Thank you. Right. Right. Take care, right. everyone. Dr. Nick, be Thank strong, you. be well. You can do it. Let's follow our man. Tell Greg, him your name. Greg Slavor. There All you right. go. Thanks, Nick. Take care. Take care, everyone. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Right.